Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. The early Christians focused, yes, on the cross and yes, on the resurrection of Jesus. But they also really focused a lot on the coming of Christ. When you think of Christ's first coming, think about his promise to come again. When you think about him fulfilling his word, think about one day he's going to break through the eastern sky. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet As Pastor Ed continues his teaching series, he'll be exhorting us to live as though Jesus can return to earth imminently. The early church focused greatly on the Lord's death and resurrection, but they didn't forget the importance of His first and second coming. Many times, we get so caught up in the affairs of this life, we lose focus on the fact that the Lord could return at this very moment. Will you be ready if He came for His church today? Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. of wars and insurrections, don't panic. Yes, these things must take place first, but the end won't follow immediately. Then he added, nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes. There will be famines and plagues in many lands, and there will be terrifying things and great miraculous signs from heaven. Jesus said, All of these things would be part of the journey through life. But then before, at the end of the tribulation, before Christ comes back, there's going to be signs in the heavens, signs in the earth. The earth is going to have trouble in the oceans and the seas. And he, our Lord and Savior, is going to return victorious. I remember going to Nazareth where Jesus grew up, and I looked out over the town of Nazareth, and you could see the valley where the final war will be fought, where Armageddon will take place. I wonder if Jesus, as a boy, looked over that valley and said, Father, someday I will come back and fight a battle for you. Again and again, throughout this journey, we're reminded that he's coming back. There are these birth pains that the earth is expressing. In verses 25 to 26 in Luke 21, it says, there will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars. That's speaking again before the return of the Lord at the end of the tribulation period. He said, men will faint from terror, apprehension of what is coming on the world. Then Jesus tells a story, a parable, in verses 29 to 31. And he told them this parable, look at the fig tree and all the trees. 
When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourself and know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. As we begin to see an intensification of weather changes and of phenomena in earth and in heaven, it should remind us that the coming of the Lord is getting closer. Now, I don't know when he's going to come. He may come this year. He may come in a hundred years from now. But even if he were to come in a hundred years from now, all of us would meet him before that. And we would have to stand before God Almighty. And the end would have already taken place for us. And Jesus is saying, be prepared, be ready. We seem to just close our ears, go back to sleep, forget what he's saying. We fail sometimes to listen to the warning signs. It was 1939, September 1st, that World War II began with the invasion of Poland. Now, the invasion was planned earlier. 16 units of Nazi Germany were prepared to attack Poland on August the 26th. But somehow something had happened in the communications and Hitler decided not to attack on that date. Perhaps because Italy had withdrawn and they weren't going to go into the war at that time. But they tried to get the message out to all the units except for one unit. And they went into Poland, captured a community, took people captive, and then they called back to headquarters and said, we're here, we've captured the community, we've taken people captive. They said, well, uh, we weren't gonna start yet. So they released the prisoners and they left Poland and they went back to where they were stationed and Poland didn't stop and think about, wait a minute, this might be an ominous sign. Germany's intentions towards us might be hostile. And they just went on as life as usual. They didn't pay attention to the sign. We need to pay attention to the signs. God has been again and again and again and again and again and again and again speaking to this world, speaking to us, saying one day it's all gonna end. One day it's gonna come to a screeching halt. One day, every man, every woman will have to stand at the judgment seat. We need to simply listen. What's our response to the shaking of the earth and the shaking of the heavens? to the constant turmoil that we see around us. Well, we could put our heads down in despair. Ever watch one of those movies where they show you somebody up on a cliff and then they scan down and show you the bottom of the cliff? Or they're standing on a ledge on a building and the ledge is so small and, and then all of a sudden they scan down and you see the city street below and you yourself get dizzy, you know? You can't look down without 
Well, losing your way. I mean, just try the walk with your eyes watching your feet. Uh, and then try and run with your eyes. You're going to stumble. You're going to fall. What does the scripture said? It says, look up. When you see these things happen, look up for your redemption draws nigh. It says, when these things begin to take place, stand up, lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing nearer. So concentrate on the up look, not on the down look. Because this judgment and all the tragedies that happen remind us that God's going to redeem his people that he's going to come back and complete the work he began on Calvary. When he said, it is finished, our redemption, our salvation was finished, but he's going to come back and we're going to experience glorification. We're going to experience heaven with God forever. That's the promise. And so all of these things should cause us to say, guess what? My Savior's going to come back. Guess what? This earth will one day melt away in a ball of fire. But the Lord's going to give us a new heaven and a new earth and a Jerusalem is going to come down from heaven. That's the hope we have as believers. So lift up your heads. Your redemption is drawing eye. He tells them everything that we see is going to be gone. Beautiful monuments that people build to themselves, buildings, lands, possessions. But something is going to last beyond time into eternity. And that is what Jesus said, his word. That is what's going to last forever. He says, I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. I believe he's referring in that to those who begin to see the onset of the end times, the onset of the tribulation period. He said, they're not gonna all die away before everything is completed. That generation won't all pass away. And he goes on to say, heaven and earth, that's gonna be gone, that's gonna pass away. But what? My words will not pass away. What Jesus has said will outlast time. It will outlast the history books. It will outlast everything in this world. His word is eternal, he is God. The early Christians focused, yes, on the cross and yes, on the resurrection of Jesus, but they also really focused a lot on the coming of Christ. When you think of Christ's first coming, think about his promise to come again. When you think about him fulfilling his word, think about one day he's going to break through the eastern sky. He's going to return for his church. He's going to come back and rule and reign forever. Yes, there are people who just simply push the alarm clock. They sleep on it. They're not going to listen. But listen to what Peter says. First of all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming, he promised. Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on 
as it has since the beginning of creation. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day. He measures time differently, but he will. He will fulfill and keep his promise. He's coming for you. He's coming for me. He's coming for his church. And when we understand the Advent season, that it speaks of the first coming and the second coming of Christ, we understand that every time we hear of the earthquakes, we see the tsunamis, we experience the strange things. God's reminding me, this whole world is not my home. Heaven is my destination. This whole world will be one day wiped away. And the new heaven and new earth will be there. And then we say, okay, I'm going to prepare for that day. I'm going to be ready for that day. In verse 27 again, at that time they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. We know he came. And he rested in a manger, but he's going to come in clouds of glory. He told the religious leaders that. He prophesied it, and it will come to pass. What do I do in response? Well, I'm going to take the words right out of the New International Version. He simply says, be careful. Be careful. What do I have to be careful of? Well, don't get weighed down. The things of this life can choke the word in our lives so that we become unfruitful. We could become intoxicated with this present world so that we're not alert. We're simply sleeping spiritually. But he says, don't be involved with dissipation and drunkenness and anxieties. The idea is, don't be partying with the world. Now, I know there's a lot of Christmas parties. I'm not talking about that. I am talking about... Pay attention during Christmas to carve out some time to sit at his feet and to think about his return. Carve out some time to think about someday you're going to see him face to face. Don't let the anxieties of life weigh you down. Paying the bells taking care of the responsibilities, the concerns that seem to weigh all of us down. You know, we invent so many things that can weigh us down. I want to ask you a question. How many of you have nomophobia? Anybody here? You know what that is? Well, let me explain it to you. Nomophobia is connected with your cell phone use. Those who have, they took a survey, they said 34% of people check, or people check their phone, their cell phone, an average of 34 times a day. Yeah. See, that's why when Joyce and I go out to dinner, she says, leave your cell phone in the car. So I have to leave my cell phone in the car. It doesn't come in with me to Olive Garden or wherever we're eating at. 66% of people fear losing or being without their cell phone. Are you in that number? About 30% of people would rather leave the house without a credit card or cash than their mobile phones. Now, now this one really surprised me. 
55% of women would rather not have makeup on than not take their cell phones with them. Uh, I said, boy. 63% of people said that they would climb into a trash container to find their cell phone. 25% said that they would fight a thief to save their cell phone. 40% said that they would start to miss their cell phone in less than one hour. Imagine if you had to drop your cell phone off at the um, information desk before you came in because we didn't want them ringing in here. The good thing for you is services would only be one hour, I guess. <laughs> 30% of those surveys said that their mobile device has come between them and their spouse. Huh? There's so many things that can weigh us down and cause anxiety and just trip us up. And Jesus said, listen, I'm coming back. Be careful that you're not filled with anxiety and stress. And he goes on and he said, this is what you should do. Be prayerful. Be prayerful. But be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen. Uh, what do we order? How should we pray? I just jotted down a few ways. We should pray, first of all, Lord, I want to be worthy of the name Christian. You know, sometimes when we think of comparing ourselves with the Lord, that's such a, a lofty, lofty standard. And we should do that. But sometimes it's helpful to compare yourself with Christians who are around the world in the persecuted church, or Christians that are in third world countries, or believers who are following Christ in the most difficult of circumstances, and you measure your faith against theirs, and you say, oh Lord, I wanna walk worthy. I wanna walk worthy. Perhaps going to the book of Revelation and looking over the message to the seven churches. Well, you could start with the first one, the church of Ephesus that lost its first love and you pray, oh Lord, I know the tendency for our ardor, our affection to wane. Help me to love you with that first love that I first had when I came to Jesus. That simplicity and sincerity Oh, you look at the church at Laodicea. Lord, help me not to be indoctrinated by the culture in our times and be lukewarm in my relationship with you. Lord, may the fire burn in my heart. Oh, you look at the dangerous world that we live in, fraught with temptation on every corner, and you say, Lord, deliver me from the evil one. Don't let me be ensnared in the sin. And you're watchful saying, Lord, someday, someday I will stand before you. And Lord, I'll have to give account to you. It doesn't matter what people think. It doesn't matter persona, perception. You know the motives of our heart. You know who we are in the closet. You know who we are when we're all by ourselves. You know my innermost thoughts. 
And we simply at that time pray, Lord, I want to stand before you and I want to prepare my heart for that day when I stand before the Lord. In Thessalonians, it says, you are the sons of the light and the sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. Imagine with me, there's a conference in hell. Satan gathers the demonic emissaries and he says to them, you're on a mission to destroy the souls of men. I want volunteers. And one of the angelic beings comes up, satanic beings, and says, Father of lies, I will spread the lie that heaven does not exist. And Satan looks at him and says, good. Tell them there is no heaven. There is no reward. There is no afterlife. Go, take a thousand emissaries with you and spread that lie, for many will believe. And then another demon comes and says to Satan, father of lies, I will spread the lie that there is no hell. I'll tell them that a God of love wouldn't send anyone to hell. And he says, that is good, and even better than the first. I will send 10,000 emissaries from the pit with you to spread that lie through the earth that there is no hell. And then finally, another one comes. It seems that he's even darker than the first two. And he simply says to Satan, I will go and spread the lie that they have enough time. They don't have to worry. I will deceive them to procrastinate. And there's a smile on Satan's face. And he says, I will send a hundred thousand emissaries with you to spread that lie through the earth that they have enough time so that they might sleep the sleep of death. Our prayer should be the prayer found in the book of Revelation, the prayer that John the Apostle lifted up at the close of that book. He prayed, and Jesus is speaking here. He says, he who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming quickly. And John responds, amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. That ought to be the prayer that we pray when we see the storms and we hear the tragedies and we see the earth quaking. Even so, come Lord Jesus, return for your church, return for your people. Come, come Lord, return. Can we make that our prayer? Come back, Lord. I want to see you. I want to be with you. I want to hear your voice. Even so, come Lord Jesus. 
We've all heard the cliché phrase, Jesus is the reason for the season. But the question is, is He? Is Jesus the center of your life? Or is Christmas just one of the two times during the year that you visit the church? Are you part of the body of Christ? During the Christmas season, there are many opportunities to stop and reflect on the greatest gift of all. But like all gifts, it's only enjoyed when you receive it. The important part of this season is being sure that you have a personal relationship with Jesus. Are you ready for the King? Have you received the upward call? We'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. Pastor Ed Jones and the entire congregation here at Faith Assembly would like to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.